confess, I'm in a polygamous relationship. My boyfriend can have sex with any girl he likes except his ex. I want to have sex with his ex. <laughs> this podcast is intended for those 18 and over. If that's not you, please check out scarletine.com and come back to this podcast when you are of age. Thank you for downloading the Bedpost Confessions podcast. Bedpost Confessions is an Austin, Texas-based monthly reading and performance series about sex, sensuality, and the steamy side of life. Between performers, we ask audience members to anonymously submit anything worthy of a confession, which is then read aloud by one of our producers. The performance you're about to hear by Jen motherfucking Tran yeah, you heard that right, was recorded on May 17, 2012. Jen will be sharing her tales of internet dating, a piece she calls Hobo Love. Here is Jen motherfucking Tran. Don't move, he said sternly. I breathed an apology and quickly obeyed. His touch was gentle, yet firm, decisive teasing and titillating me until the raw, overexcited nerves made my thigh muscles twinge in anticipation. I couldn't stop that, and I knew he felt those tremors. I held my breath, waiting to be reprimanded. He looked at me, a smirk hiding beneath his handsome red beard, raised an eyebrow as a warning, and then continued his deliciously tortuous ministrations. It's taken me a long time to get here, to this stage of my life really to this stage, actually right here. I'm very nervous. I, like most women in their 20s, am exploring. Exploring who I am, what I want, what I need, what I like, what I really, really like, and what I don't like. A year ago, I gave online dating a go to see what fun new adventures I could get into, and not just the sexy physical kind. I was going to give real-life dating another try. After leaving a string of messy, unhealthy, and abusive relationships behind, I chose to remain single for well over three years. Despite my skittishness, I began missing that reliable confidant to tell my day to, to cook and bake for, to make out with whenever I felt the urge to straight up molest a man, to share tender, ridiculous, hilarious, everyday moments with. So I did what any sensible, hard-up gal does. I got an OkCupid account. <laughs> my very first encounter was, to my great relief, normal. Great, even. We met at Spider House, which I believe stands witness to many Austin OkCupid indiscretions. <laughs> he was cute, he was smart, and he was nice. And when he revealed that he was a fucking concept designer for Nintendo and loved dinosaurs, my inner nerd leapt for joy. The internet had not failed me. We continued meeting up and chatting and played coy the whole time. It was mostly my doing as I was still feeling too fresh on the dating scene to see where our flirtatious chemistry would lead. Ultimately, we went our separate ways on the account of my hemming and hawing but remained amicable nerd buddies. Then there was the guy who ended up being a friend's roommate, reminding me that in Austin, everyone and their fucking brother is separated by six degrees of sexual relations. 
What I thought was going to be a fun, easy interaction quickly spiraled into 32 Facebook notifications, several text messages, and two emails before 10 a.m. of too fucking much. No, thank you. <laughs> this effectively answered why our mutual friends had not introduced him to me. <laughs> oh, and then there was the brilliant UT professor who is dashing, aggressive, and brilliant, and ultimately a stage five dickbag who fucked it and chucked it, never bothering to call in a thank you after or ever because he had a girlfriend. <laughs> well, well, you can see me after. There were the overeager guys who were looking for the one who he'd marry next week, and the overeager guys who were looking for a this afternoon. After a few failed meetings, I supplemented with plain old-fashioned friend-to-friend introduction. But you know, those never really go as smoothly as you would think. Like that date with a friend's friend who confessed to putting a kitten in a dryer. It wasn't turned on, but why you would even think to tell that to someone on a first date, I don't know. He, he also believed that we were put here on this planet by robots from space. Space robots. I'm going to let y'all ruminate on a bit on how the rest of that evening went. Basically, it didn't. So I'm back online weeding out the creepy messages, the pointless, uninformative winks. I don't know what those were. And trying not to take it all too personally. I go on more dates, drink some more drinks, make some new friends but pass on any <clears throat> passes that were made, while contemplating whether to get off this overwhelming, socially incestuous site, I receive a message reading, I see that you have learned to ride a bike. I only recently learned to ride a bike. Would you like to learn how to skateboard? Yeah, totally. I would actually like to teach you how, but this is just an excuse to play with your dog. Okay. <laughs> he wants to meet my dog. Not me, my dog. Yeah, sure, he wouldn't mind me, but he thinks my dog is pretty rad, because she is. So I'm going to confess that right now. I am a sucker for two things, beards, I have a tattoo of one, and my dog. So if you have a beard and you love my dog, you're pretty much halfway there. And that is how I ended up with the hobo. Seriously, a hobo. <laughs> Mr. Migratory Worker, a handsome vagabond, if you will. Uh, now, I will be clear, I myself did not designate him as the hobo in my list of lovers. He declared himself as such and proudly. He viewed it as an affectionate term associated with a lifestyle that has different priorities than most. A hobo is someone who travels and works, never in one place for long. My hobo <laughs> worked at an outdoor school in Oregon for half the year and spent the other half doing odd jobs in warmer climates to eke out a living. His stay in Austin was sustained by serving in a restaurant and working as an after-school coordinator for the Boys and Girls Club at a high school. So he's a, he's a, he's a good hobo. <laughs> it didn't take me long to realize the guy is great in the bedroom, in the kitchen, with my friends, with animals and small children. He makes me feel amazing inside and out. And you can go ahead and take that to mean every possible metaphorical and literal way you can. And yet, a cautious voice in the back of my head whispered to tread carefully. 
Perhaps this is all a trick, an excellent ruse. As a victim of physical, mental, and emotional abuse, it has been difficult to allow myself these feelings. And yet, as stubborn as I was, this man was equally as patient. He supported, even encouraged me being in an open relationship, while he remained content to entertain one lady, me. I was still embracing my sexuality, rebuilding and strengthening my confidence, letting it go. He understood my need to be happy and explore, as a proper hobo should, right? <laughs> Said he was perfectly happy with what we had and there wasn't much reason to get up and go look for another. That's me high-fiving myself. <laughs> well, shit, I reveled in being free for a time until I settled into the idea that man-juggling is tiring <laughs> and a lot more complicated than I needed at the moment. So enter our monogamous relationship. In the span of an afternoon, I was made a girlfriend. It was strange, yet blissful. I opened myself up. In return for letting my guard down, I was exposed to the feeling of someone genuinely caring. Caring for me with no hidden purpose, reason, or agenda, but caring because they wanted to. I didn't think I was ready. I balked and acted nonchalant. I was ready to flee or fight it at a moment's notice. And yet the disappointment never came. And I learned that I can't plan everything. I can't schedule emotions or chance. And that's OK, because sometimes these unexpected things bring more. So I let go and jumped in fully. Fully, though not necessarily fully clothed. <laughs> Only later did I realize I had fallen in love with the goddamn hobo I met on the internet. <laughs> Yes. It was a few months into our relationship before I realized that the feelings were not mutual. We had one of those serious conversations every couple has, and he said, quote, when I'm with you, I want to be with you. When I'm not with you, I don't want to be with you. That tiny voice came forward to chastise, this is how you get hurt, Jen by being a vulnerable and emotionally available romantic idiot. This is what I was trying to warn you about. Despite the terrible, twisted feeling of deep disappointment, I resolved not to harden myself. I masked the unfathomable hurt his words inflicted on my insides by nodding and smiling understandingly on the outside. Of course, it is nature. What was I expecting from a hobo? <laughs> Despite the blow, I am very grateful that our relationship was an honest one. Because while honesty helps foster a deep bond for this person you've let into your life, do you know what else it begets? Some serious hurt, so good, down and dirty, push your fucking boundaries kind of loving. I had shown my emotional vulnerability. So what else was left to lose? Shame? There was none. Regrets? I don't believe in them. Safe words? You bet my sweet, tender red ass. <laughs> we were inventive and explorative. Games were played. Not the mindfuck kind, the aforementioned sexy physical kind. Don't move, he said sternly. I breathed an apology and quickly obeyed. Normally, I was tied up, expertly restrained by his fancy knots. Did I mention the hobo used to be a tall ship sailor? 
Well, he was, and it's very handy. His touch was gentle, yet firm, decisive, teasing and titillating me until the raw, overexcited nerves made my thigh muscles twinge in anticipation. I couldn't stop that, and I knew he felt those tremors. I held my breath, waiting to be reprimanded. He looked at me, a smirk hiding beneath his handsome red beard, raised an eyebrow as a warning, and then continued his deliciously torturous ministrations. His hands traveled from the tops of my thighs to the smooth hollow between my hip bones and my stomach, up between my breasts to settle on my throat. He tilted my chin ever so lightly, pinning me with a stare so intense I could feel myself burn from inside out. His lips felt hot against mine when he kissed me. He teased my mouth with his tongue as if to hint at the things to come. He pulled away, sitting up to appraise his handiwork. He looked pleased. Nipples that had been pinched and bitten to the very edge of making me cry mercy stood defiant and proud. My skin was flushed, and its sheen of sweat was quickly evaporating, leaving behind goosebumps, further intensifying the sensations. My chest rose and fell as I tried to regain the breath his fervent mouth had stolen, again with that playful smirk. He knew he had me. His fingers traced tattoos and curves, finally slipping in, moving in and out with the rhythm to match my impatient breaths. Or was it the other way around? So close. I was getting so close, and he knew. I cried out so loudly as he brought me right to the very edge that I forgot the rules entirely and bucked my hips up to his hands to fill them fully. He stopped. I stopped. I waited, my mind imagining all the terribly wonderful things he would do. Sometimes he gave me a choice, don't move or don't make a sound, knowing either would be a challenge for me. A few times, usually when he knew I'd be most riled up and difficult to rein in, he changed the rules and enforced both. Without a word, he flipped me over and slapped my ass so hard my eyes watered. I flinched, another slap. This time, I stayed still, and it was I who smirked. He allowed me to roll back to where I'd been and asked me so sweetly, are you comfortable? Do you have enough room? Good, now don't move. <laughs> his head slid down, his lips scattered across my stomach, and then I felt his breath right there, right there warm and cool all at once. He seemed in no rush. He inhaled deeply and savored just how turned on I was. Then when I thought I could not, I would not stay still any longer, his tongue dove between the folds of my pussy so fervently, so expertly, Again, he brought me right to the very brink and slowed down. Again and again, I made to grab his hair, but he slapped my hands away and looked at me. I blushed and apologized. Please don't stop, I whispered. He moved up the bed to level his face with mine. I thought I had surely pushed the limits this time. You're going to come for me, and then I'm going to fuck you. Hard. And with that, he started fingering me, slowly, gently, and faster and rougher, and I knew he could feel how close I was getting, how tightly I was clenching those magical hobo fingers of his with every thrust. <laughs> I knew I was going to come hard. I just needed him to keep going, but he wanted me to beg for it. Jen motherfucking Tran begs for no one, but this man, this hobo, had me pleading with him, practically whining in between gasps of air for him to please, please, please just let me come, to please fuck me, please. 
And just as I felt the first waves, he deftly withdrew his fingers and slammed his cock into me. The change in sensation was unbelievable. I felt every single nerve in my body simultaneously explode into millions of pieces of confetti. And it was unrelenting. And after several, I could feel him reaching his climax and begged him to fuck me harder. And when he came, it pushed me over an edge I never knew existed. And I came with him. And I giggled. I had an <laughs> orgasm so fucking good, it gave me the goddamn giggles. <laughs> We collapsed into a sweaty, panting, giggling heap. And he looked at me with a gaze no longer stern, but no less intense, and smiled a smile that wrapped me up in post-fuck-fest bliss. I have never felt more desired in all my life. I don't know what this man wanted, but I remained content to know that for the time being, he wanted me. The hobo had once confided that he had never told any of his significant others that he loved them because he'd never felt it. And like I said, the vagabond was honest, and I'd never trade that for false feelings of security. Yet again, I had found myself loving a man who did not love me back. I'd be lying if I said that I feigned nonchalance and ignored the possibility of being just a good time in Texas. Correction, just a fucking great time in Texas. <laughs> the man's memory was as flighty as his nomadic nature. The idea of being relegated to the recesses of dimly lit memory corners struck me more than once. But don't feel bad for me, dear audience. I myself am learning not to. The man did care. Despite the fact that Mr. Sweep You Off Your Feet he was not, he truly did care. He made that clear every day of our relationship. He put my feelings, wants, and needs on par with his own. He held me as an equal and a respected one at that. So what if this amazing man didn't return the strength of my sentiments? I chose to focus on the present, on the here and now. He reminded me that I am a beautiful woman, a desirable one, and more importantly, a resilient one. Our relationship served to show that I am indeed capable of loving and trusting someone again. On a lighter note, he also showed me that I am capable of having more than a dozen orgasms in one go. <laughs> And that, that, ladies and gentlemen, was totally worth falling in love with the hobo I met on the internet. I do, I do have one, if you feel sad about this, I do have a update since I last wrote this. The hobo is meeting me in California. Jen motherfucking Tran is a lover, an otter, a baker, and a crafter. She believes that while it's nice to be important, it's more important to be nice. Bad Piss Confessions is produced by myself, Mia Martina, of the I Want Your Sex podcast at miaontop.com, Sadie Smythe of thatswhatsadiesaid.com, Julie Gillis of juliegillis.com, and Rosie Q of sayprettybird.blogspot.com. Podcast audio production by Ian Danskin. You can find links to all of our websites and more information about Bedpost Confessions at bedpostconfessions.com. You can also confess with us at Bedpost Confessions on Facebook and Bedpost Confess on Twitter, where we tweet audience confessions. 
chime in and add yours. Until next time, we'll leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess, I would love to hook up with my friend's wife. And I wouldn't mind if he watched. And they are here. (laughs) All right. I confess, I left an Orthodox Jewish prayer service early one night this summer to attend an all-woman strap-on-a-thon and observe. But I didn't just observe. Fun, right? Yes, an observant Jew. <laughs> yes.